and welcome. My name is Shannis Comrie, and welcome to Women of World War II, a podcast exclusively about women during the span of 1938 to 1946, approximately. I combine research and interviews to tell stories from women on both sides of the lines, on the war front and on the home front. As a geriatric social worker with a love of history, I have had the privilege to work with women from multiple countries who lived during this time. I will primarily tell stories that are researched as many of the notable women whose stories are untold have already passed. But there will be also episodes like my first that are interviews. So sit back and join me as we time travel back to that jazzy era, but also tumultuous time where women played more roles than one. Today's episode is The Night Witches. Being the 12th great-granddaughter of one of the condemned Salem witches from the 1600s, when I first found the story of the Night Witches, I was instantly hooked. (laughs) The Night Witches were a pioneer female regiment of bombers who created so much terror among the Nazis that they were given the name the Nachthexens, or the Night Witches. These women worked with the oldest planes in the most dangerous conditions and were not expected to make much of an impact. Instead, they became a crucial asset to Soviet armies and Allied forces. Before diving into their story, let's get the deets on what was going on at the time. Like many other countries, Hitler promised not to attack the Soviet Union. This kept one of the most powerful regimes at the time from fighting against Hitler while he was playing his initial moves in the war. Of course, like just about any other promise given by the cunning Adolf Hitler, this truce was a ruse. The ruse was meant to last more than two years, but... Hitler became paranoid. Soviet forces inhabited the areas far too close to Nazi territory and their precious oil fields in Romania. In June of 1941, Hitler ordered the commencement of Operation Barbarossa. Initially, the Germans were quite successful. They invaded quickly and efficiently. Taken off guard, the Red Army was becoming desperate. With this background, the door was opening for more hands on roles that the women could play. As early as the 1920s, and even more so in the 1940s, it was not uncommon for women to pilot planes for leisure. There were multiple flying clubs that women could belong to. Some Soviet women even flew military planes close to the end of World War I, but they did not engage in combat. This meant that women had flying experience and they could be useful if given the chance. There were small female land brigades that existed by the time of the Nazi invasion, but their roles were minimal. With the invasion of Nazi forces, Soviet women felt the small land brigades were not enough and they wanted to help in a bigger way. Women across the Union were determined to do their part to defend their homeland. They began to write letters to a woman named Marina Raskova. 
Marina Raskova, also known as the Soviet Amelia Earhart, had many records for long-distance flights at the time and was well-known and respected. Even Joseph Stalin, leader of the Soviet Union, if you didn't know, um, knew her and respected her for her flight victories. So using this relationship, Marina approached Stalin she showed him the letters she'd received from women all around the Union. After this meeting, accompanied with the tensions building from the Nazi invasion, in October of 1941, Joseph Stalin ordered the 588th or 588th all-female night bomber regiment, along with the 586th fighter aviation regiment and the 587th, 587th Bomber Aviation Regiment. Not sure how to say that exactly. 588-87 or 587? Thousands of women enlisted and around 400 were accepted for each regiment. They went to a new school that was formed called Ingalls School of Aviation and for a few short months they learned what most soldiers would learn in a few years. What's ironic to me is that after training, the pilots that were deemed least qualified were the ones who were assigned to the 588th Night Bombers. The Germans would have never guessed. So let's move forward with the 588th and learn how this regiment turned into the dreaded Night Witches. There were no uniforms made for women, so instead of having fitted clothes, they were given men's old uniforms. They had to use men's old boots and they would stuff them with torn bedding to make them fit. Men were, as you could probably guess, not pleased with the regiment and the women often sadly faced sexual harassment and just plain um, aggression, I guess you could say. To try and earn respect, some women cut their hair and tried to look more like men. What I love, though, is that they often still added a feminine touch by painting flowers on their planes and using navigation pencils as eyeliner. That's so cool. There were 12 commandments that the Night Witches followed, and the first was, Be proud you are a woman, which is just awesome. These women were tough as nails. The planes that the 588th were given were old 1920s crop duster planes made of plywood and canvas. <sighs> because of this build, a tracer bullet could easily set the entire plane on fire. The planes had a very small weight limit, allowing only two bombs and two crew to fly in the planes, aka the pilot and the navigator who was also the bombardier. Just the two bombs and the two crew was enough to force the planes to fly low and slow, reaching top speeds of 90 miles per hour, which is what I regularly drive on the freeway, but I will deny this if I'm ever pulled over. <laughs> These planes were death traps that the women dubbed a coffin with wings, in addition to these risks, because of the weight limit along with how low they flew, 
the women did not even carry parachutes. The cabin was exposed to the elements, meaning freezing temperatures. This is the tundra we're talking about here. The women flying these were not all even technically women. The age range for the pilots and navigators was 17 to 26 years old. These dangerous planes ended up having some unexpected advantages. The light weight of the planes made them maneuverable and therefore were harder to shoot down. Since these planes were wooden and canvas planes, they also didn't show up on German radars or infrared indicators. The top speeds of the planes were slower than a German fighter plane's stall speed, so it it made it very difficult to try and gauge them from the air. Another advantage of the little planes was that they could take off and land almost anywhere. And this was a crucial advantage because they could not carry extra fuel for the plane and therefore had a limited range that they could travel. This meant that they had to be pretty close to the enemy lines. Because of the nature of these slow planes, in the daylight, they were too dangerous to fly, which is why they were the night bombers. I still find it fascinating that they decided to give the hardest odds to the quote-unquote least qualified pilots. I mean, given all the aspects of this regiment, I would have imagined them being considered like the A-team or like Neom Leeson or Liam Neeson. (laughs) when he says he has a special set of skills. Anyways, their special night raids became nightmares for German troops. As stated above, the planes didn't show up on radars and were covered by darkness. When the pilots would get closer to their targets, they would kill the engine and just coast. This caused them to be virtually silent other than a whoosh sound that sounded like a witch flying on a broom. This is where the name Night Witches came from. The Germans had two theories (laughs) for why these women were so successful, and they're both ridiculous. They were either all criminals who were masters at stealing and had been sent to the front lines as their punishment, or second, they had been given special injections that allowed them to see in the night. Sorry, Germany, you're just the ones that mostly did the, you know, testing on people. <laughs> oh, man. To prepare for the night witch attacks, German armies would form circles around what they suspected the targets would be. The night witches had a strategy for this, though. They flew in groups of three planes. The first two would fly straight into the circles and then veer off, pulling the searchlights and guns with them. Then the third plane's navigator would drop the bomb on the target, and the pilot would restart the engine and hopefully fly away. It was a little risky with cutting the engine every single time they were crossing their fingers, so another just absolute bad A move by the night witches. So I know for myself, out of these three in the formation, I would want to be plane number three and I would be done after one mission or what they called sortie. Well, this is not 
the case for these witches. They traded places in their arrangements in the sky until all six of the bombs had been dropped. And then they would fly back, refuel, restock bombs, and they would do it again. Numbers I read stated that they would fly an average of 8 to 18 missions a night. Side note here, I find it <laughs> I find it quite funny that from what I can tell, they use this strategy over and over again. But the Germans like somehow never caught on. I don't know why. Um, due to discrimination, the 588s was not, they weren't given radios or machine guns to protect themselves. Should they be captured or crash? They just had one gun with the last bullet intended for themselves so that they would never be taken alive. Man, that's crazy sauce. The night witches were so feared and hard to take down that anyone who took down a night witch plane was given the Iron Cross, which is the highest medal in the German army. By the end of the war, 32 night witches including Colonel Marina Raskova, unfortunately, died in service. 89 Soviet women won the Hero of the Soviet Union Award, which was the country's highest honor. 22 to 24, sources kind of vary, of these 89 Soviet women were night witches, making them the most decorated Soviet Air Force unit during the war. After the war ended, the Soviet Union held a massive victory parade with many aviation regiments. The night witches were not invited, though, because the planes were too slow. Kel surprise. So some, t some statistics um, from the missions with the night witches. From June 1942 to October 1945, the unit flew approximately 23,672 combat sorties. Collectively, they logged 28,676 flight hours, and they dropped over 3,000 tons of bombs and 26,000 incendiary shells. They damaged or destroyed 17 river crossings, 9 railways, 2 railway stations, 26 warehouses, 12, 12 fuel depots, 176 armored cars, 86 prepared firing positions, and 11 searchlights. Plus, they also made 155 supply drops of food and ammunition to Soviet forces. The night witches were mostly created to be a nuisance to Germans at night. The goal for this unit was merely just to keep the Germans from sleeping, to exhaust them and frustrate them. What Soviets did not anticipate or expect was that their small little night bomber unit was actually going to be crucial to the Soviets as they fought this battle and ultimately were crucial to the entire allied forces. The Night Witches are not that known, but now you know and you can share the story of these incredible Soviet brave crazy Night Witch ladies who are amazing.
The song played at the beginning of this episode is by Peggy Lee and is called This Is A Very Special Day. I mostly did my research by reading articles from History.com, from WriteMuseum.org, and from and from TaskAndPurpose.com, as well as Britannica.com. Thank you so much for listening. I'm a new podcast, and I'm learning, but I have so many stories to tell, so thank you so much for listening with me. Please share this podcast with anyone that you think would love to listen or who just needs to hear about these bad A witches. All of your support is so greatly, greatly appreciated.